Good morning, everyone, and welcome to day two. Oh, Chewie's barking. That's great. He welcome. waited for you to go live. He was like, oh, I hate Jordan Peterson and his lobsters. Why doesn't he talk more about dogs instead? That's what Chewie said. That's exactly, well, you know, he wanted the alpha omega beta relationship, not the lobster o crustacean. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, how's everyone doing this morning? Mushroom right. just. I saw that Ethereum rig that y'all posted on Instagram. Very cool. So how much how much is your is your boyfriend mining a day? What was I gonna look up? I don't know what I'm doing with my life now. I was trying to do yoga while listening to Jordan Peterson interview Brett Weinstein, but I couldn't concentrate on both. Which I think yeah. says more about me than them. Um yeah, I, okay, so I, I like uh, someone mentioned your name today. I love I love how you're thinking about Mr. Wynn being a country star. And you. I combined <laughs> you and Mr. Wynn. You're welcome. <laughs> That's adorable. I actually I, I love that. I got your back. I definitely yeah, got your back. Absolutely. Y'all, it's cold here again. It snowed yesterday. It's so fucking hot here. It's so fucking hot here. I'm melted. I have to. I have to wash the sheets because I, I was. I sweated in them like crazy. Oh, good lord! Yeah. Well, yesterday it snowed, and it was like it wasn't even fun snow. It was like gross snow. It was like that snow where it's like watery and sloshy. No good. I hated it. Oh, my coffee's done. One second. All right. While um, <laughs> while RK gets coffee, let's watch uh jordan peterson being uh, misogynistic Ooh. i always think that's fun this video is called jordan peterson calmly dismantles feminism in front of two feminists so let's speaking watch. of feminism uh erin had her first day of baking of pastry chef her pastry chef program yesterday and she brought home six chocolate chip cookies Oh, dude, that sounds amazing. They were delicious. And she walked, first off, her teacher sounds like Bob Ross because this one girl, I guess, in class really fucked up be because she couldn't use, mm -hmm. she, she didn't know how to use like the scale properly, which I mean, no, like they're, 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 you know, there's a lot of buttons on those scales and you have to keep yeah. resetting them to make sure. So I understand yeah. someone who's never used them before messing up on that. And um, it, she either had, she, she either had too much, too many eggs or too little flour or both. And they came out super flat. Uh, and the teacher literally said, I'm so happy you made this mistake because these are our kind of cookie. And as you can see, this is what happens when you have too much. He said, he basically, this teacher is Bob Ross, but he bakes and he just, he, he says, I just want you all to know, I'm not better than you. I've just made a lot more mistakes. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> I love it. This sounds wonderful. Oh yeah. He's, goodness. he's this New York chef that, uh, Noki brought to New Orleans to develop, like basically he came from the New York Culinary Institute and they brought him here to develop their curriculum and program. And he wanted to retire in New Orleans anyway. And so he's like, oh, this is the best of all worlds. I get to move here and work before I retire. And I can just retire here. I've got to say, like, I'm partially jealous of you that you're getting all these baked goods. But I'm also not because it's low carbs week for Jordan yeah. Peterson. So I feel like it would be too much temptation. You'd have to give up beer. You'd have to trade beer for the baked well, goods. Well, I am not having beer this week. I'm proud of you. Until Friday. But no, I'm not going to have beer this week because I'm trying to have low carbs this week. Yesterday for lunch, I ate six pieces of bacon. And for, for dinner, I had an omelet. 
Oh, you're really killing it this week. I had... I forgot what I had for dinner. Oh, wait, no. We ordered... Oh, God, no, I had carbs for dinner. Now I remember. I, I had flatbread and fries. Oh, that sounds really good. But It was delicious, but it was very carby. Yeah, no, I'm having no carbs this week. After lunch, I'm going to eat plain yogurt, which is going to be gross. But it's going to remind me of why eating sucks, and it's going to make me not want to eat things. Well, I wanted to reward Erin for her first day no, in Oki, so we ordered... No, you did the right thing, dude. So, so we ordered takeout. <laughs> I'll start my no carbs today. Yeah, no I, I haven't eaten. So, you know what? I'm just not going to eat this week. I'm just going to fast. I'm going to intuitively starve myself. No, do not do that because then Kat Benson will uh, get mad at you and you don't want her to get mad. Why? Everyone who she's mad at is a multi-millionaire. So, <laughs> you tell me who the loser is. No. Kidding, Kat. Love you. Go subscribe to Kat Benson. Uh, so today's title is about... This is uh, not a misleading or a, a, a skewed title whatsoever. <laughs> Jordan Peterson calmly dismantles feminism in front of two feminists. I'm excited. I mean, this is a live reaction. I haven't seen him do this. I'm ready to uh, just kind of dive into his um, anti-feminist beliefs today. This feels like um, this feels like a Pornhub title for philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> dramatic zoom on the test. One of our guests of the day, the other one today, is a man you may recognize. Oh, you know she's getting Jordan dismantled. Peterson has achieved that rare feat, becoming a global superstar academic. So how did he become so well known? He first came to national prominence in Canada in 2016 in a debate about new laws on gender identity. Bill C-16 made it an offense to refuse to call someone by their chosen gender pronoun. <laughs> Jordan I don't Pe think that was actually true. I feel like, wasn't that a whole thing how in Canada, like Jordan Peterson completely misrepresented what the law was in order to make himself a meme? I don't know, but see, I mean, that checks out since, I mean, I, I can't say because one person did something similar, therefore someone else would, but it just gives me uh, Blair White vibes of how she yeah. completely misrepresented this, this uh, trans woman's weightlifting. Um, and said, and she yeah. competes against women. It's like, no, she she never has competed against women. <laughs> yeah, like she was, Blair White was just throwing people under the bus for clickbait, and that was not cool. Look it up. Also, everyone should check out Savvy's uh, Royal Family video if you haven't already, because you get to see classically Abby playing um, Bioshock while talking <laughs> shit about America. She's terrible at Bioshock, dude. Dude, that like, to be fair, I'm terrible at Bioshock, too. That one tweet had me laughing so hard when the guy couldn't admit that the ink that england lost the american revolutionary war it's like you literally lost the war that's 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 how it is that's okay i just literally looked up legal stuff about bill c-16 in canada and it says right here does the bill legislate the use of certain language? Could someone go to jail for using the wrong pronoun? And then it says, in the criminal code, which does not reference pronouns, Cosman said misusing pronouns alone would not constitute a criminal act. So, so he misused. So he, he completely misrepresented it. Um, uh, I think it's the misuse of gender pronouns without more cannot rise to the level of a crime. Yeah, so this literally was not even infringing on that at all. I think it was just like, a law that included transgender people in this, like, um, 
It's a human, it's a, uh, oh, it just, it just added trans people to the Human Rights Act in Canada is what it sounds like. But uh, there, there is no law that if you use the wrong pronouns that it's a criminal offense at all. I think Jordan Peterson made that up. I definitely wanted to go back into that for a second. First, Aw Panda said that you're sounding a little echoey. Oh, okay, hold up. I think maybe it, it connected my mic wrong. And then while you're doing that, I'm just going to say, guys, if you're watching this, don't listen to any of our guru help. The best way to become a big deal on the internet is to build up as many straw man arguments as possible. Is Do I sound better now? Infinitely. Okay, so here's what happened, apparently. Yesterday, when I tried to get on the stream, my webcam wasn't, like, connected properly. I finally connected it, but then somehow, when I connected it, StreamYard switched to connecting to my gross webcam mic than my real mic. And I don't know why, because I've always connected with the real mic to StreamYard, but I guess it, like, switched it in the settings for some reason without me doing that, and I didn't even know. Well, I apologize for sounding bad this morning, guys. Now I sound better, hopefully. You sound fantastic now. Yeah, no, I'm glad someone <clears throat> brought that. Oh, yeah, all Panda, I'm glad you brought that up because I wouldn't have known otherwise. Obviously, I can't hear how I sound to people. So I was worried about the mic thing. Thank what you does your voice sound know. like in your head? I don't know. You, 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 do you like how your voice sounds in your head? Yeah, I don't mind it. I think my voice sounds fine. Yeah. I think I've trained myself to, to, I mean, when I get really excited, I think the nasally Jew comes out, but when I'm calm, I've really trained myself to not let the nasally Jew come out. And I think I still fail there. Is that why someone told you in your comments, you sound like Ben Shapiro? Yeah. Just ruined my life. You don't sound like Ben Shapiro. I started, I started, you doing don't sound so, like him at all. <laughs> I started doing so many pushups and wearing like lifts in my shoes because I, I figure, you know, it's like that DBT. If you sound like Ben Shapiro, you're going to wake up one day and look like him. If you smile, you're going to be happy. If you sound like Ben Shapiro, you're going to look like him. So I, I'm really trying my best to, to just differentiate myself. I even converted to Catholicism, but now he likes me more. Excellent. Excellent. So basically what this bill says is that it just basically adds the idea that if you harass someone for being trans, it counts as a violation of harassing them for like a protected identity. However, if you call someone the wrong pronoun that and do that alone, that you're not going to go to jail for that. So this is not a free speech infringement or anything. Jordan Peterson just decided to take this to the next level and make it sound worse than it was to get attention is what it sounds like to me. Look at these graphics right here too. Like, yeah. it, looks like it looks like we're playing Hitman and we're talking about like a mob boss target right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So let's see. So, so Bill C-16, Jordan Peterson's mad because he doesn't like trans people because they don't fit into his lobster analogy. That's my theory of why Jordan Peterson is so rude about trans people is that he had such a, a tight analogy about how humans mate like lobsters. And then when he realized that gender wasn't as clear cut, now he's like, ugh, this ruins my, all my animal theories. Oh, he's looking for more shellfish. He's like, okay, come on. Maybe, maybe, maybe the crabs come in and we got a few shrimp to deal with. <laughs> like, he's Yeah, because when I'm listening to the book, I'm like, this none of the stuff he's saying would make sense for trans people and then i'm like that's probably why he doesn't like them because uh, trans people can have good posture what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm> just, <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> I, yeah, I meant like the way that he talks about like gender and attraction and alphas and all the incel stuff. Yeah. Yeah, this is basically him being like, ugh, this makes my theory not make sense. So let me just pretend that they're wrong because I want to be the one who's always right. Like you said earlier, he's he doesn't want to continue learning. Yeah, and then Kat Benson uh, sent me her, uh, what's it called? The the Dunner Dunning Kruger effect. She sent yeah. me the graphic on, on Instagram, which was pretty funny. Um, it, it, it makes me really want to get to the point where I'm like, I'm pretty okay, but there's a lot I don't know. I'm still in that I know nothing phase. <laughs> yeah, isn't the Dunning Kruger effect where, like, the you either, it's like extreme ends of the spectrum where, like, someone who knows a little bit about something will think they're an expert about it all of a sudden. Which is why Ben Shapiro loves college freshmen, because there's no one who thinks they know everything more than a college freshman. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ben Shapiro can just... Dunk on them. You can dunk on them, but, like, the stuff he's saying isn't true either. Yeah, but, but he says it with confidence, so... But he's, like, when... Well, no, I mean, he, 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 he gets them on truth sometimes, because the arguments are so stupid. Like, they argue things that sometimes they're just factually wrong. Right, that's the thing. Like, we were watching with the the debate that Jordan Peterson had with that 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 clip where he, he went as a meme. I don't remember what his quote was anymore, though, where he was, like... You, this discussion right now, you're being offensive to me, but this is part of our discussion. Like that whole thing, everyone was like, oh, he dunked on her. And it's like, he's not good either, but like she messed up by making her argument so stupid to begin with. Yeah, it was like when I destroyed my ex-girlfriend's niece and horse. I'm not a good basketball player. I just destroyed her and horse. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So let's get back to this mob boss argued that this would infringe free speech, while some supporters of the bill said he was advocating prejudice. From there, his YouTube star took off, and he has now over one million subscribers. And his videos, where the he Bible and Disney movies, politics, which we've touched on, to the Bible, to Disney movies, have been viewed over 150 million times. Wow! Gosh, that's about the same number of viewers we have on this program. Huh. Last year, he supported ex-Google employee James. <laughs> oh, no, dude, she was not happy about that. That, that was so uncomfortable. She was like, "That's like how many views we get." <sighs> like she had a little angry sigh in there. <laughs> you mean you mean making a video on a highly searched term like the Bible or Disney movies on a search engine will get you more views than whatever it is you talk about on the what BBC? Uh, oh, this is just it's it's yeah, it's just like a, a BBC show yeah, news so show. BBC, yeah, it's like if you if like just Actually, look up search terms. If you start making videos on Disney, people will search you, especially if you have controversial views on them. Yeah, maybe I should start making videos with controversial views on Disney. Yeah, why Ariel needed, or, or, or I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure you could come up with some good things. I was going to talk about Ariel and boobs. I was like, I had nowhere to go with that. So yeah, well, I know a while back the whole like Elsa is a lesbian thing was a big topic. It's probably it's it's dead now. But like, if they make a third Frozen movie, I'll make a video called Elsa is a lesbian. Wasn't there? Okay, so I have not seen Frozen two. I haven't so, either. The fact I haven't seen it, I feel like gives me liberty to talk about it as much as I want because the less I know on something, the more you can say on something. That's that. Those are that's the Dunning Kruger effect. Yep. <laughs> so I, I, isn't it? Elsa didn't have a significant other at the end of Frozen One, right? Right. And was and why does she need a significant other at all? Not like she doesn't. 
I don't think she <laughs> I, does in Frozen 2 either. She just never has one. Yeah, just the, the absence of a prince doesn't mean that she has to fall in love with a woman. She she could she could be an ace from space. <laughs> like Elsa could be an ace from space. I've heard that argument too, that Elsa could be ace. I mean, she could also like just not feel like falling in love. Like that's fine too. You know, there's so many options for Elsa. I think the whole thing was that like she was one of the only princesses who doesn't get a love interest, so it leaves the possibility open that he could be that she could be a lesbian or an ace i mean i would argue that in frozen it would be fantastic if true love's first kiss destroys her powers and then disney just comes out with the brave argument that sexual attraction to other people ruins your magic <laughs> and that everyone should just be ace so that you can go be frozen princes and princesses and whatever the gender neutral princess <laughs> I mean, that would be pretty wild, dude. Although I would, I would support it. Yeah, I, I will admit I kind of got on the lesbian Elsa train, I think, because like I was when the first Frozen came out, I was in college and like so many like all the college LGBT groups I was in was just all about like lesbian Elsa. Everyone was so into lesbian Elsa. Here's why I'm not for it it's because the only reason I would support it is to see Ben Shapiro's reaction to it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think that that's a good enough reason. Other uh, than that, I just don't care. Yeah, well, dude, Ben Shapiro's reaction to it would be Would be hilarious. Great. We also, okay, dude, after this, we got to look up Jordan Peterson responding to Frozen because he gets really mad at the movie Frozen and he thinks it's like the feminist agenda or something. Why uh, is grown man gets mad at children's movies like considered the height of intelligence? <laughs> good point it's a good point okay hold up let's see jordan peterson frozen it's sort of like freddie print okay, i'm about to i'm about to get us destroyed right now because i'm gonna talk about star wars but it's sort of like freddie prince jr talking about star wars where he was like all these adults talking about it keep forgetting that the point of star wars is to be a fairy tale in space like it's for kids stop stop treating it like it's for adults just because you're an adult who loves it you're introduced to it when you were a kid yeah Okay, so after this video, we're going to watch Jordan Peterson's video called The Worst Disney Movie. Anyway, this is supposed to be where he talks about how Frozen is propaganda. Oh, God, he needs to let it go. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Actually, there's a couple videos he has about Frozen. He really hates Frozen for some reason. He hates it. <laughs> he probably fired for suggesting men and women have different interests due to biological differences. And his latest book... 12 Rules for Life has taken him on a global tour promoting his ideas and just this week he sold out the 1,000-seater Emmanuel Centre around the corner here in Westminster. Um, so Jordan, you've done endless interviews, you've been publicising publicizing your book and they've generated plenty of heated debate. No, I actually sold out the Apollo, it had 5,000 seats. All right, oh wow! That's the thing dude, is he says everything calmly so people assume it's like very rational and that, that's the thing is like I think that's a manipulation technique because people assume when you get excited or heated about something that your argument must be emotional but like he says He's just like bragging about himself, but he's saying it in such a monotone voice that people are like, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Like he interrupted to be like, yeah, I sold out. He, <laughs> yeah, that like that, that, that was, <laughs> that was just bizarre. I think that's the best way to put it. Like, like, he, yeah, like who, who brags about that 
in, in such a, in such a, like he definitely brags about his humility. He's definitely someone who's like, I think I'm more humble than everyone. Oh, definitely. I like Joseph's idea that he hates Frozen because he had to buy too much Frozen stuff for his grandkids and he got sick of it. <laughs> um, to Kitty's point on Queen Elizabeth. I, so actually I read, I read 48 Laws of Power this year, um, which I think could be titled How to Be a Psychopath in These Few Steps. Um, I still recommend it. I think it's a cool read for that reason. And there was a chapter on Queen Elizabeth within it because she was a pretty fascinating individual where she knew that the second she married, she would surrender her power just because it, when it came to the crown, um, if she did have a king by marriage, they would inevitably take over. And she managed to keep the nobles off her back by being open to marriage and taking their suggestions into account. She also kept the hope for all of the countries alive by flirting with just about everyone. But then she never actually married. And then when she got past the point of bearing children, she she sealed her fate as like the queen for the rest of her life. Good for her, dude. Good for her. And also from what I remember, just like from watching uh, TV series and documentaries, I'm pretty sure Queen Elizabeth was uh, sleeping around a whole lot. I just, uh, all, all I remember is 1588 Spanish Armada and 1066 Battle of Hastings. Boom. Boom. All Suck right. it, England. I know that you think that you won the American Revolution for some reason because it fits <laughs> your royal stan agenda. <laughs> I love that guy. No one who has who takes us to war ever wins. Uh, we lost the American Revolution. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. They we did it. It's like, what? Do you think, though, because of the heat that has been generated, that your views have been misrepresented at times? Oh, definitely. But that's, you know, that's part and parcel of the process. I did take a very um, uh, forceful stance, let's say, against some of the excesses of the radical left-wingers. And it's in their best interest to paint me as uh, somehow a figure of the extreme right, because then I don't have to be contended with. But, I mean, it's easy for people's views to be oversimplified in a very saying. large public debate. I mean, in terms of some of these... I would say, I, just to give them credit, I think that is reasonable. I think sometimes that uh, people will misrepresent someone as more extreme than they are for the sake of having an easier time arguing their point or being able to write them off easier. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, that happens a lot. So I will say... it's not even celebrities. It's, it's just regular people, too. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut uh, you off. I'll let you know. No, go. you're correct. You're my right. story. No, I'm just saying that I, I've, I've, from a lot of things I've seen of him, I have seen him misrepresented a lot. And so when I first heard of him, I like wanted to almost defend him because I had seen so many videos misrepresenting what he was about when I had listened to him actually. And then I started hearing the more extreme things he said, and I was like, oh, this dude's weird. But like at first, I was like, oh, they had, like this particular argument had gotten misrepresented, and that didn't really seem fair. So. I will give him credit that he has been kind of misrepresented in some cases. However, some of the things he says are very outlandish and we'll hear them directly from him. No, I was in, I was in a clubhouse uh, room listening to this uh, talk on race and it was kind of getting awkward because there was this white guy in Norway who was just basically saying all white people are horrible huh. and he was getting a lot of claps in the room. And then there was this black seventh grade teacher who just said, <laughs> I don't see the point of this discussion. I don't see how we're advancing anything. Uh, to say all of any person is horrible uh, feel, feels like the end of any conversation. He went on to give some stories of what it's like being a seventh grade teacher in the inner city and mm -hmm. the things he sees. And it's not like you can contest any of these points. These are his personal experiences. And rather than matching or meeting any of those points or even discussing the point he made, they just asked him to leave because he wasn't taking the discussion seriously. 
that's weird. Yeah, that's that's frustrating when it's like, okay, dude, this guy's sharing his actual experience. Especially because, like, if I understood your story right, this was a discussion about race, and they asked the, the black guy to leave? They asked the black guy, yeah, the, they white, the, white, the, the white guy from Norway who said all white people are horrible got to stay on the stage. The yeah. black seventh grade teacher who was telling stories about how, like, the things he sees in his community, uh, they asked him to leave. And so that's just a small example of it's not necessarily just with celebrity. And this is, I mean, there are some fantastic discussions on race, too. It's not knocking on any of those, too. But it's just, it is, it is a tactic used in conversations to... And who knows? It's not necessarily a tactic to advance a specific point. Maybe like people are just tired and having a bad day and don't feel like talking. It could be any number of reasons, but it does happen. It is a tactic, as you mentioned, used to not engage with other ideas. Definitely. Yeah. That's so, that's so sad to hear, though, that they were like, nope, we don't want to listen to your experiences. We only want to listen to this guy whose experiences go along with the what we scheduled. Like, that's, that's, that's so dumb. Yeah. So I still don't get Clubhouse entirely. Um, I just go on there to listen to crypto tips now. <laughs> well, I still can't get on Clubhouse because I don't have an iPhone. Fun times. Jeez, I mean, you say you've been uh, painted as a as a, an extreme right winger. Well, or, some or, people or, have tried yeah. that, not very successfully, but they've tried it. And you came to prominence so arrogant. in part He's of your so arrogant, dude. we just talked about yeah. in Canada proposing the use of preferred. Wait, can you pause for a second? People, yeah. Just for this is three years ago. Fast forward to now, he had to go to a secret rehab facility in Russia to overcome his addiction to uh, depressants, and he blamed it on his wife with terminal cancer's treatment because of uh, the stress it caused him. So way to go, you arrogant fuck. Okay, keep playing. Dude, he is really arrogant. That's the thing. Like, whenever something happens, he's always like, yeah, but, like, I'm the best, so... But he'll be like, I said it so calmly, so you know when I say it, it means it's a fact and, uh, and not my opinion. And I and I know that that's an ad hominem attack, and I know that like if I were debating him, I would have just gotten eviscerated. Oh yeah, that. definitely. But yeah, I I just love like this is someone who I say can play hopscotch on landmines, like because he's such a nasty dude, such an asshole. Yeah, mandating them. Yeah, right. That Saying that you issue. should do it. No, but, that you had to do it. Uh, right, that's you had not to what do it by law. But just for clarity, <laughs> do you think a trans woman is a real woman? <laughs> I don't really like the way those questions are formulated. He's trying now, to not say that he hates trans people. Well, she I'm asking you, in your mind, you know, it depends what you think a real woman is, but do you think a trans woman is a woman? No. Wow. Why okay. Not? Because I think that women are capable, generally speaking, of having babies and they have so female genitalia. Infertile women are not X, women. X chromosome. And, and I think the biological... Jordan Peterson just said all women who have gone through menopause are not women. All women who don't can't have children are not women. Women who have gotten surgery to not have kids are not women. He just said to be a woman, you have to be able to have kids. Which, I mean, I will say, if you brought that point up to him, he would he, he would probably come back with the with the uh, can't with the answer. Not with the people who are infertile, but like people who have gone through menopause, he would say they were able to once bear children. But yeah, the that's fact, true. But the fact still remains that for someone who builds his entire career on the uh, the fallacies and other people's use of language, he's not very careful with his own. Right? Yeah, he just comes out here like, well, I think women are people who can give birth to children. And it's like, uh, okay, good for you, buddy. Yeah, he expects his opponents to be more careful with language than he is with his... 
Yeah, I think that's just because he's better at attacking people. Because, like, he's if he's not careful, most of the time his opponents won't call him out on it because I feel like his opponents are generally less aggressive than him. But he comes off as less aggressive because he talks calmly. Yeah, like Spence said, he said generally to cover his ass. So I, I like... Eva says, I know a person in actual life who said these things in front of his fiance, who was the mother to his child and in front of me who was struggling to conceive and in front of a friend of three who decided by choice to never be a mother. Yeah, that's such a nasty thing to say. Logical markers are relevant. Doesn't necessarily mean that I don't think that people should be treated with respect and dignity if they happen not to fit easily into a gender category. That's a different issue. Right. But but it's a matter of definition. And, and I actually think it's a foolish argument in some sense, because what do you mean by real? Well, I mean, you've just clarified. I have that, a question right? for you, Savvy. You don't think, yeah. Um, and we can pause it so we don't get struck again anyway. Um, I think I think I might have one idea of one of the issues I have with Peterson or the Peterson fan club. Because um, we keep going back to his tone and his delivery and how that wins yeah. him a lot of points with them. I do think that that sect of intelligence values the perception of logic over empathy it, 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 it almost to a point where it completely disregards the power of empathy. Um, yes. Emo emotional intelligence is still intelligence and it's one that should be valued. I mean, if, if someone is brilliant, like I think, uh, I, I know he's a, I, I know he's a self-help guru who gets shit on, but I think as far as like self-help gurus that, that push the emotional intelligence uh, value, Gary Vee talks about a lot. I think emotional intelligence is, is if you can read a room, that's a very powerful skill to have. And yeah. I think this man cannot read a room. He can only read his own mind. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that there's like a a weird, like, sect of people. I think this is why he appeals so much to college kids. Relate. College kids who think that, who are, like you said, think they know everything. He kind of validates that by being like, look, if you're logical, you do know everything because emotion just gets in the way. But in reality humans are not machines we need logic and emotion we need to have a balance because if you have only one and not the other you're not going to be as functional of a person or as be able to convey your ideas at, to as wide of an audience i would also argue that going back because we talk about extremes a lot like yeah. when, when i talked about how uh taking responsibility for everything is bad advice but it's better than taking no responsibility for anything um it's the same thing when it comes to uh like logic versus empathy, I would argue that being highly emotionally intelligent is more valuable than being highly intellectually intelligent um, or logically intelligent because we're such a social species that that emotional intelligence, well, at the very least, want people have people want to be around you. So when you can't logically figure things out, you'll probably attract people who can. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's honestly how it seems like that he's not valuing emotional intelligence at all because he's, you know, an intelligence bro. I don't know. I feel like yeah, like like you said, there's a people who value logic too much above emotions is is dumb. Like it doesn't make sense. You need a, you need to have both. And I think that like to prioritize one over the other ever is going to be unproductive if, if you're trying to become the most intelligent person ever. I don't know. Yeah, and thank you, Spence. Yeah, we're, we're, we're in the same boat, Spence. And yeah, intel and incel rhyme. <laughs> <laughs>
that a trans woman is a woman. And do you, do you think that that is what is behind or explains your opposition to this idea of a law mandating you to use a preferred no. pronoun is because you don't actually believe that that's the truth that a trans See, again, woman... this is a stupid argument. This is a stupid argument because she's trying to she's trying to tell him what his argument is. So she creates a straw man here. And that's this is why I hate watching people argue with him because they're always they always bring up the dumbest shit. So like she comes in here like, well, do you think the fact that you don't like trans people is the reason why you don't want to use their preferred pronouns? And he's like, no, I just think that the law is infringing on free speech, which, again, it's not everyone. Like I looked up this law. Everyone here seems to be misrepresenting it for the purpose of clickbait. But regardless, like. He like it even if the law did say that, like he could easily refute that by being like, that's not what my argument is. And then she's being like, Do you think this is what your argument is? Like, that's just such a dumb thing to do. That's such a waste of everyone's time. Savvy, before you press play, I have to make one point real quick. Please do, yeah. Ye content for your channel for you to make alone. Hear me out. You're you're a brilliant debater. Thank okay? you. You have a strong background in debate. I think if you reacted to more videos by the uh, fake, the, I don't know, the, 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 the intellect media, um, <laughs> and you broke down why people lose debates to them and almost are teaching and showing people proper questions and proper counterpoints. Oh, dude, that's brilliant. That would be such a, for one, you would get so many clicks because people are actively searching for them. Two, you'd get clicks because people actively hate and love them. And three, you'd be educating a whole new crowd of people that can then better debate points because debate is a completely different skill than knowledge on a subject. Absolutely. Dude, that is brilliant. Hold on. Let me add that to my YouTube schedule right as we speak. Cause I, cause I think that would be a very high value added resource. Hold on. I'm going to move up the video called drunk Ben Shapiro thinks I'm a gay loser. And I was actually having a conversation with Gray on this too, about why I have issues with like as I just said, the intellect media, because I don't know, I don't know a better way of saying it. It's because they think that, like, in order to be media and and intellect, like these are, these are people who claim to know everything in order to keep their audience happy, in order to keep their audience coming to them, because they it, the perception of knowledge is more important than actual knowledge on a subject to them. And when it comes to like actual intelligent people, I was talking to Gray about this. Gray, Gray was like, "Well, who, who?" Gray asked, "Who am I supposed to go to?" Because the most intelligent people I know are socially awkward as fuck and are just masters in one area of science, math, or logic, and that's it. And they can't talk about anything else. So I was like, "Yeah, exactly. They're the true experts in the field. They can't go on YouTube and break it down because their mind works in such an advanced degree to us. The people who come online and pretend to be experts in everything really know just like surface level knowledge of it and enough to convey it to an." audience and make it entertaining being entertaining and being perceived as intelligent is far more important to them that's so true dude i just added that video to my schedule i'm excited to make that now i'm gonna give it a clickbait title like what was the feminist destroy like, jordan peterson no i was i was called why does jordan peterson destroy feminists in debate it make me sound like a bro from the distance why big boobs suck when destroying Jordan Peterson? Why Jordan Peterson will get destroyed by giant titties in a debate? Oh my god! No, no, no. put put on goth makeup. Say big titty goth aesthetic destroys <laughs> big titty goth GF destroys Jordan Peterson in a debate. <laughs> and then you can put it up on Pornhub too. And you don't have to show anything. You just have to show, you know. I'm not saying do porn. I'm just saying put it up on Pornhub, and then you get to see if the clicks go. Oh god, that would be. A 
I'm not saying they actually do this, but that would be a brilliant case study to see what gets more views, that title on Pornhub or that title on YouTube. Maybe I'll call it, yeah, maybe I'll call it Ugly Feminist Destroys Jordan Peterson with Facts and Logic. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to watch it from all 30 of my burner accounts. <laughs> In including the one I sold to Kevin Durant. <laughs> you got the joke? I'm happy. Sorry, I, I love it. And therefore you can't use that pronoun. No, that's not my argument at really? all. Really? Yeah, really. My yeah, argument is that the no, government shouldn't compel is. voluntary speech. No, but I know what your argument is. And no, but that's really it. That's exactly it. But the motivation behind it. But you don't believe it. I wouldn't put everything on my online in my life. Good Lord. That is painful to listen to. This is why I think debates need to be timed and segmented, like I had with Scott, where it's like, you have five minutes to talk with the mic, with the other person's mic off. That kind of thing, because this this is painful to listen to. I hate it. To take the stance I did, unless I had thought that through very deeply. And I've thought it through very deeply. There aren't hidden motivations that have to do with some arbitrary prejudice against trans people. Okay. It's purely, pure and simply this. There's never been a time in English common law history where the government compelled speech and the Canadian government dared to do that. And that was unacceptable. And they masked it did with the show that, of, of compassion for the oppressed. And I don't buy it. Right. But you would, as I think you said, at an individual level, mm -hmm. if somebody Wouldn't asked have. you, if, you know, somebody asked you to use a particular pronoun, you would do mm -hmm. so. Well, I have. You have. Right. Yes. Fine. Yes. Let's talk about feminism. Are you a feminist? Uh, no, not as it's currently defined. Certainly not. No. Uh, well, in any other. That's definition? a favorite argument. That's well, I think a, that. That's not such as a favorite argument. <laughs> That, 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 that's such a favorite argument because and it's it's such a loaded question too. Because uh, I, I love like Ben Shapiro does the same thing too, where they, they they're able to uh, to say whatever they want about like for for one they're able to create a um, they're able to create a straw man on the spot. Yeah. Uh, even if it's not the person who's asking the question, they're able to define what that person's beliefs are to their face, even if they're not, and then they're able to completely dismantle them. And that's exactly. such a regular thing done by Ben Shapiro. Did it on college campuses a lot. Uh, I think it's funny that he can't anymore. Uh, but Jordan Peterson has done it. I mean, Stephen, it's such a stupid argument. Even Stephen Crowder does it. Right. I, I think, yeah, like I think a better question there would be like, how do you define, or what do you perceive as feminism in what year 2018 what do you perceive as the 2018 version of feminism and then he could spend that talking about what he thinks instead of like no not as it's currently defined and then he gets the chance to make it up instead like they could have a discussion about what both of their beliefs and perceptions actually are because i think that would be more productive anybody who doesn't think that the the competitive landscape should be opened up for equality of opportunity is not thinking and so Everyone's interests are better served if people have as equal access to opportunity to display their talents and to manifest their talents in the world as possible. So in that sense, certainly. But feminism now, it's as far, and this is why it's so deeply unpopular, a very small minority of women in the UK identify as feminists. That's false. And the reason for that is it's primarily become an ideological weapon. And it's an ideology that I don't, I, I detest actually the ideology that it's associated with, collectivist ideology. Right. I mean, okay, and that's your view about feminism. Aisha, are you a feminist? Oh, absolutely. I'm a very proud uh, feminist. And when I was um, a special advisor in government, Dude, I worked I just on Googled. women and equality. 
I just Googled number of women in the UK who identify as feminist. It's gone up 7%. It's up to 57. So it's not only, it's, he's not only wrong in saying a small percentage, it's over 50%. Yeah. So exactly. again, one of the other, one of these other favorite, this is why you can't debate these people away from the internet because they lie. You have to fact check them on they the They lie. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing is like, I, I never assume people are lying to me. So I would be like, oh, but when I heard that, I was like, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. I feel like there are lots of feminists in the UK. But yeah, he's like, he's like, no, it's, it's a very small minority. Yeah, no, it's a small minority is in like 57% now between the ages of 18 and 30. So small minority. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. But I also love how he was like, I agree with the idea that there should be equality of opportunity, which is something that a lot of feminists would agree with. So and then he's like, but I don't agree about using it as an ideological weapon. But then he never defines what that means. Like, how is it used as an ideological weapon? What is the ideology that you disagree with? Like, be more specific, my dude. Quality issues. And I'm very proud, actually, of a piece of legislation I got on the statute book with my former boss, Harriet Harman, the Equality Act uh, in 2010, which strengthened our anti-discrimination um, laws. And I fought very hard to get more women into public life, into the Labour Party. And yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm very, very proud of being a feminist, hence my pink dress. Oh, well, all right. Um, obviously reverting to type then. Absolutely. The that was a stupid now. point. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hence my pink dress. I'm a feminist. I think it was supposed to be a joke, but again, you can't tell jokes in front of Jordan Peterson because he doesn't he doesn't get it. Yeah, I feel like the only things that make him laugh are like, I don't know, when the Nazis get killed in Saving Private Ryan, he's like, eh, silly Nazis. Well, okay, I remember. Okay, if you did, you listen to his book on audiobook or did you read it? I, I listened to it on audiobook. Okay, so there's this part he reads it in his monotone voice. It's fantastic. There's this part where, right in the first chapter, where he's talking about the lobsters, and he makes a really stupid joke. But then the way he like laughs about it is, it's like he's like, um, "We're all like lobsters, even when we're feeling crabby." Ha ha. And then he moves on. Like the way he says ha ha is like ha ha. And then he keeps talking like he's like a robot. He doesn't actually laugh. I'm going to try a Jordan Peterson joke. Hey, Shavi. <laughs> yeah. I, I see why he makes uh, lobster analogies. It's because he's a very shellfish person. <laughs> <laughs> you got to laugh like him. He goes, ha ha ha. Ha ha. The way he laughed was like very monotone. He literally <laughs> said, ha ha, at the same like pitch level and then moved on. I mean, he, <laughs> he has achieved either a level of intellectual superiority or um, drug-fueled numbness that I just yeah. cannot reach his level of, of, uh, of monotone yeah. and, um, like, stoicism. Oh, man. All right. Dismantle feminism already, Jordan. To regain or reclaim their strength physically, mentally, and morally. Is that broadly correct? I would say morally, fundamentally, but I think the other things go along with that. Right, and, and if that But it is... isn't men precisely who I'm, who I'm speaking to, it's, it's people. I'm a clinical psychologist. I'm actually interested in individuals and I'm interested in their fortification against tragedy. You know, every time I do an interview, the interview is always political. It's always mm. political. Well, the, and cl the clue is in the title of this program. We are the Daily <laughs> Oh, politics. no, no, fair enough. No, 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 fair enough, fair enough. And I'm, I'm not... Maybe you shouldn't go on political shows program. if you don't want political interviews, my news. dude. 
that's important about what I'm doing. I'm gonna say they're always a victim. The people who but talk one, to me don't talk politically. They well, say they've watched but, but my part, lectures. But part and of that it is, sorry, is that I think for a lot of people, the kind of personal does become the 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 the, the political. Or the political becomes the personal. Yeah, and I think in terms of the- Yeah, the, but the, in the, this I, situation, a lot of people are wrong because primarily what's happening is people are watching my lectures and as a consequence, their lives are improving dramatically. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure they are. I'm sure people are like. It's like a nice that. flex right there. People watch my lectures, and their lives improve dramatically. That's like what Grant Cardone says. He's like, when people hang out around me, their lives tend to get better. It's like, okay, okay, bud. But perhaps when you join Nexium too, you're you're like you're <laughs> Also, I like how he's like, he goes on political shows and is like, why do people always try to bring politics into my interviews? It's like, maybe go on a different show then. Go on something else. Like, this is, and even the lady called that out. She's like, well, this is a political show, my dude. Like, you kind of, you kind of walked right into that one. Much happier once they've been. But it's, what, it's what I would like to do is, is kind of almost, I think at the moment, the discussion about feminism is very divisive and it sometimes it can sort of be like, Okay, men have to lose and women have to gain. Actually, mm -hmm. everybody has a lot to gain mm -hmm. by greater equality. Now, whether you get the equality of outcome that you want, I think only time will tell. But certainly, equality of opportunity is is very important. And actually, well, we a lot and a lot of men would would benefit from that. So I think a lot of yeah. men men are having a lot of crises at the moment in terms of mental, mental health, mm. suicide issues, and um, their own sense of identity. Because I think some of the stereotypes put on men are quite limiting for them as well. I think they make men quite unhappy as well. The so, devil's in the details with regards to equality, because I'm a, an advocate of equality of opportunity. But and I outcomes. Think the idea, outcomes. That's an appalling doctrine. Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, because well, you have to produce an unbelievably potent bureaucracy to make the ever greater and ever finer distinctions that are necessary to enforce equality of outcome. How many group differences are you going to equalize across? Is it just gender and sex? How many genders? No, so gender and ethnicity? How many genders? I think How many what, ethnicities? What are, How many races? <laughs> we'll let Aisha answer. I think okay. what, what people are trying to do with this. Please is pause it so we don't get claimed. Yeah. Yeah, because that was a long period of time. I was also Googling it to fact check myself. And yeah, this is so, my, my friend told me that this was the case and I looked it up and I found it and I was trying to look it up again. And yeah, this motherfucker really had to go. And again, I, I, know, I, I know addiction is an illness yeah but he really blamed his use of drugs on a coping mechanism he really put the blame on his wife who was diagnosed with terminal cancer so wait what happened so his wife was diagnosed with terminal cancer is she still alive right now i don't know but all i know is what like i'm reading this right now and he literally just said he started to cope with his wife's terminal cancer so okay and then he started using drugs yeah i remember he had to go to rehab which like I will never blame him for dealing with addiction. That is a serious illness. I'll and blame him nothing. for blaming his wife's cancer but on it. Blame though. him for blaming his wife's cancer. Isn't that what he always says, though? It's like everything's about personal responsibility. Not just that. And everything's then, about... Not, not just that. It's, well, yeah, he says everything's about personal responsibility, but then he and Tony Robbins like to blame women for everything. Right. That's the thing is like they say, like, everyone should take personal responsibility. You can control everything in your life. And then when something bad happens to them, they're like, it is women's fault. Yeah, that's I mean, pretty much always what happens. Yeah, I mean, Tony Robbins fixed an abusive relationship by saying maybe you should blow him more. I yeah, that was in Mooncat's video, dude. That was yeah. wild. That, that was I mean, like the fact that that's not parody, the fact that's not an Onion article is is the true wild part to me. Like dude, that's that like, was nuts. That's a National Lampoon joke. 
<laughs> and, and Tony, Tony Robbins is like, I'll make money off this. Dude, Tony Robbins is nuts. I'm working on a review of his conference and I've got my guest on toy ready to play Tony Robbins. I'm so excited for that video. I got to set up a whole little animation setup again. That took a while last time, but I want to do it again. All right. Um, I think this video is almost over because this is just painful to watch and I want to watch him talk about Frozen. Certainly somebody who you know, has looked to do, sought to sort of do this myself. I think you set yourself ambitions for, for what you would like to see. And then you try and remove as many of the, the structural barriers and mm. obstacles. So you try and create that, you know, fair crack of the whip mm -hmm. and that equality of opportunity to see where you get to with the outcomes. That, that's now, fine. We are in very early stages. It's only a hundred years since, you know, women got the vote mm -hmm. in this country. You know, we have had a long established patriarchal society and set up for, for a long time in the world in this country. So I think we have a long way to go to see where it plays out. There is no country in the world where, you know, we really do have gender equality um, properly yet in terms of dis real decision-making and, and real Some of the power. Scandinavian countries, maybe? But I, th they're still not quite there. And I think All you've right. spoken a lot about this. Scandinav there's still a way to go in Scandinavia. Things are not perfect well, in I Scandinavia haven't, I haven't at all. Well, I spoken about that specifically. I've spoken about You spoke the, about the right stuff yesterday. I, you talked about the Scandinavian. Well, I've spoken about the fact that, see, one of the things that's happened in the analysis of the differences between men and women is that the social constructionist claim is that mm. the differences are socially constructed, mm. right? Is that it's a consequence of environment that men and women differ. But what the scientific literature indicates is that as cultures become more egalitarian, like they have in Scandinavia, the differences between men and women actually increase rather than decreasing, which is a direct repost to the social constructionist view. Well, so they just deny all that. The big what? Okay, I, I hope he elaborates on that because it's like, as genders gain more equality of opportunity, the differences between men and women increase. What does that mean? The difference is how, like boobs get bigger, dicks get bigger. Tell us, so, tell me. So to just to just Ava, a couple a couple things too as well. Um, one, when we get later on in the book, he shames a childhood friend for their for their drug abuse. So it is a direct contradiction for what he did by putting the blame on his wife uh, to what he wrote in the book for what you should do. Um, to the person who first shared this with me is someone who's suffering from terminal cancer and she was talking about what the sort of like pain that puts on the person who's undergoing that cancer to be publicly put to have that blame publicly put on them uh so that's why that's why i personally have this point uh, this problem with it because i just see the pain it's caused a friend i see the pain this man has caused a friend i see the contradictions in this fucking stupid book yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm starting to get really heated right here, so I'm gonna, I'm you gonna should. stop myself. No, but you're good. I, I, I just, I genuinely see this horrible piece of shit who wants to tell everyone to take responsibility for all their own actions and will not take an ounce of it. He, he talks about order and chaos. He talk, he, he shames this childhood friend for their drug abuse. This man who goes later goes on to kill himself in his story, and he can't even take responsibility for his. Oh, I cannot stand this man. I Dude, cannot he's stand nuts. I haven't Wait. gotten there in the book yet, but this I'm gonna listen to it. Like after our stream today, I'm gonna walk Chewy and listen to it and see what other nutty things he says. But yeah, no, I get what what Eva's saying about like addiction being an issue of something larger. Yeah, and and he, he, it's more just like hypocritical that like he would he would treat addiction that way in other people, and then when it's himself, it's like he yeah he uh, he doesn't apply the principles to himself that he tries to force on other people. Oh, his wife's still alive. Okay, that's good. Yeah, Tammy Peterson. Forgot to get that one. In the world, in interest and temperament 
are between Scandinavian men and women. It's exactly the opposite of what everyone predicted. Can I just pick up on one thing you said a little earlier in the interview, yeah. which you said it's the moral guidance that you are, are, are focused on. You think that yeah. is particularly important. How do you square that with the behavior of perhaps arguably, you know, a prominent alpha male president of the United States, Donald Trump? Um, when his behavior, I mean, he is accused of having an dude. affair with a porn star when dude. his wife was well, pregnant. Should I How pause? Does... What's up? Yeah, dude, I hate the fact that if you're calling Donald Trump an alpha is the argument against why alpha male is just horrible. I mean, yeah. I'm, and I, I mean, I, I know that some, someone will call me out for saying this, but I, I'm just going to, I'm in such a heated moment. I'll probably say something stupid anyway. When does alpha male mean pay for sex? When does alpha male mean be... Uh, only eat McDonald's and be morbidly obese and believe that exercise will kill you faster because your heart is a battery and you can't like overuse it because you'll die faster. Like in what definition is he an alpha male? Inheriting wealth? Like this this man has done absolutely nothing for himself. Well, I think what she's saying, I think she's she's trying to claim that he's like a like a, a an alpha male in the sense that the way that he victimizes women. I think he's she's He's I don't a, think she believes in alpha males. I think she's using that as like a... Okay. I thought she said alpha male president. And I'm just like, I can't see one definitely. Like, like, even if you want to say alpha male, is just, like, it, it, I just don't see in any way how he's an alpha male. Like if you apply this to the animal kingdom, in what way do we say that this that the, wolf, the alpha wolf that's a fat, lazy piece of shit is going to lead the pack? Dude, all of these comments are insane. They're all like, Jordan Peterson is so smart. Oh my God, he's so smart. Sometimes I, when I'm sad, I watch Peterson destroy feminists and it makes me happy. And oh, I there's know a lot of, dude, there's some turfs in this, in this comment section too. This yeah, video dude, this comment section is crazy. Even like recent ones. Um, okay, let's look at why he hates Frozen. <laughs> Man, Jordan Peterson week is the toughest one so far for me. I mean, for me, it's because I can't eat any carbs. For, for me, it's diving into his brain. Well, yeah, that too, but also, dude. It's easier to understand Tony Robbins. I mean, what's the what, what's Tony Robbins' motivation? Power and money. Like, I, I can understand that. Also, to, I mean, I don't know. Like, see, when I think of alpha male, I think, I think of Tony Robbins. And then I can see all of the negative traits associated mm -hmm. with that. But at least, at the very least, I can see alpha male. Yeah. Wait, let's like, see. Is this the one about Frozen? Like, they, they, they say trans women aren't real women. And then they say Donald Trump is an alpha male. <laughs> okay, let's listen to his lecture about why Frozen is the worst Disney movie. It gets one-sided, like Frozen, which was an absolutely dismal and wretched movie. It was mythology. It was. Disney's pretty good at mythology, but Frozen was pure ideology. So it was very annoying to see that. Because in most situations, the Disney movies are pretty good at balancing out the archetypes. Is he saying that it was a bad movie? Is he saying it's a bad story, or is he saying it's a bad philosophy? I think both. He's like, well, Disney's good at mythology, but this movie had no mythology. It was all it was all liberal propaganda. That's what it sounds like he's going to say, but Jordan Peterson, do not tell me I'm misrepresenting you because I'm going to listen and hear you out, okay? Um, 
Frozen like, was a was a, a dismal experience. It's like I don't know. I, I thought it followed the Disney formula. It, it didn't have yeah. the love interest, but other than that, like the storytelling, I mean, I, I'm sure it followed very typical plot structure. So saying it's a bad movie, like what does he mean? I thought Frozen was pretty good, and like I understand if people don't like it. I think it was overhyped to the point where I can see how people wouldn't like it just because the hype was too much. But I don't. This is this is a level of hate for it I haven't seen. All right, bud. That's part of the reason there's there's so insane. What's he water. drinking? He is drinking Coke Zero. Okay, good. I thought <laughs> I, I thought it was an energy drink for a second. I was like, oh god, I'm back. I'm back to my, I'm I'm back to just coffee, no energy drinks. <laughs> no, dude, if he's drinking energy drinks, those have carbs, man. And I drink Coke Zero, only beef and although this is this is from a couple of years ago. Maybe he hadn't started the all beef diet yet. Cars, <laughs> carcinogens and beef. That's how Peterson does. <laughs> her voice <laughs> you know they present an archetypal picture of the world and the thing is you say well you know i don't have any religious beliefs you might say that to yourself it's like fine why do you watch disney movies for what do you think you're doing in the theater you don't think that's a religious experience well no. because you're completely clueless about no what religious experiences are you're watching a bunch of pictures like yes drawings Yes. Hey, thank you for telling us what a movie is, my dear. What, what an animated movie is. He's like, this is just drawings on the screen. How is that it not religious? religious? It's like, I, I don't know. Are, are you By saying the way, guys, just so everyone knows, we're not trying to cut him off. We just don't want to get claimed. So we keep pausing. But it also was just like, I don't see how he's going to rescue this point. You, you think you don't have any religious beliefs? Haven't you seen a Disney movie? How is that not a religious experience? You're looking at drawings on a screen. He's like Michael Scott. Sometimes I start talking and I don't know where it's going to go. And <laughs> it's the Michael Scott of philosophy. Things that aren't even real. And then yes. they're just in there like that's movies, dude. Embedded in there. It's got your imagination. Yes, that's and then you leave and then you go back to your daily life. Any of that. So, yeah, right. I, I don't believe in Frozen, dude. I just That's the difference, right? A religion, and I don't have any problem with religion, but a religion is like you you yeah, you get invested in these stories and this ancient mythology and stuff, but then you live the rest of your life based on it generally, or you practice things repeatedly in your everyday life. It's not like you go see Frozen and you're like, oh wow, the story's good, and then you go home and you're like, now I'm going to live by the principles of Frozen forever. Like that doesn't make any sense. It's completely I put, different. I put ice in my red wine to represent the frozen blood of Elsa. Like <laughs> Also, this is like, this is literally an ad hominem attack. It, well, it's not really. This is not, I'm not arguing against him. I just want to critique the fact that he has the most boring blazers. Like, this dude has the opportunity to be, like, he's, he's a, a That's professor. Academia. academia, though. He's a professor who gets lots of YouTube views. Like, he could just, like, there's nothing wrong with not having any style. It's, it's nothing against him as a person. I'm just like, dude, you could wear a more interesting blazer. Dude, there's only one movie that actually is a religious experience, and it's because the UK had this massive write-in campaign a long time ago, and a large portion of the population wrote Jedi. So the UK has a what, like what what's the UK uh, Jedi population? I remember talking because like one of my neighbors here, he's like legit. His religion is Jedi. Oh, that's interesting. In, in, in the UK, he doesn't believe in it, but he just was a part of this gag in the UK that sir. 390,127 people, 0. 
or 0.8% of the UK <laughs> identify as Jedi. <laughs> so, so Star Wars is a religious experience. That's about it. So in that case, Disney, Disney does push religion. You're right. Disney pushes uh, Star Wars. Star Wars gives us Jedi. Jedi is a religion. I agree with Jordan Peterson. Brilliant. I'm glad we all got to the point where we can agree. Now, why do you hate Frozen? You believe in it. You believe in it. Drinking the soda pop. I'm excited to see him hold that small can with two hands again. <laughs> Basically, yes. But it's, 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 there's a problem underneath that. I wish we heard the question. Because, like, I think the dominance hierarchy is real. The period. Real. Okay, so we're now into the dominance hierarchy. The alpha males of Frozen. But it's not, ex it's, it's a weird structure because it's, it's, it's like, you know, it's like the, the example I gave earlier where there's the tunnel and the train going through it and the train keeps, at any moment, the train cars are full of different things. Dominance hierarchy is kind of like that. It's actually a dissipative structure. That's so a dissipative structure is like a, uh, you know, when you let the water go out of a drain and you get that coil, that funnel. Well, is that a thing? Well, it's a constant across a series of transformations. It's a dissipative structure. And the physicist Schrodinger regarded people as dissipative structures. So, because our, our, our structure. I feel like this dude just likes to spew all the knowledge he has on everything at any given moment. Like when someone asks a question, he's like, here, let me launch into a tangent that shows how many facts I know. Instead of being like, let's, instead of continuing his point about why Frozen sucks or why Disney movies are religions, like, yeah. he just lets that go and is like, so have you ever seen a water funnel? Have you ever seen a train going through a tunnel? Let's talk about, let's talk Schrodinger. about, about <laughs> Dude, two things. One, I've never related more to Jordan Peterson before because we're both fucking morons. <laughs> two, this goes back to our favorite conversation. Um, the best metaphor I can think of for this is when we were talking about male versus female urination and how it takes forever for a male to get to the to like to pee because you know it's a it's an aim stream and it takes forever for them to get out. He spews knowledge like the female urination urination, just pff, take everything. I'm done. So that, I think that's why he hates women because he, he speaks like a vagina. Peeing. He you speaks pee like a out of a vagina. vagina. That is Urethra, the correct female anatomy. You pee out of a urethra, yes. Urethra, whatever. You, I the, think men get a confused because men pee out of their penis. Yeah, but the urethra is right there. It's. <laughs> I mean, the urethra is near the vagina, but it's not the same thing. It's 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 it's, it's there. It's there. It's like it's saying there. the vagina is the butthole. It's not. No. They're, they're no. near each other, but they're no. not the same thing. No. No, <laughs> no. It's exactly no. like that. No. Why are you saying no? No, because the butthole's gross. Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot you hate buttholes. It's like some people in the chat hate when we talk about poop. Yeah. Uh, you hate, okay, I won't talk about that anymore. Structure isn't constant, like, I don't know, you've probably replaced every cell in your body roughly, China. or at least the constituent elements of every cell, you know, two or three times since you've been alive. But there you are. So you're like this thing that's a permanent structure in a flux. And the dominance hierarchy is sort of like that. Because the constituent elements of it keep changing. But its existence is its existence is there. And so I don't exactly know what to make of a category like that. Except that I'm certainly going to say that it's real. 
Or I, if you don't like that, I can say, I don't care if it's real because all of you act as if there's nothing that's more real than that. So that'll I'm do I'm struggling to focus. You know, that Dude, brings up get back question. to Frozen. How do you know what someone regards as real? And one answer is, well, you listen to what they say. It's like, uh, no, you watch what they do. That's a much more accurate guide to who they are. Because what do they know about who they are? They got a vague model of who they are, and it's usually hyper tilted towards banality. And let's say what Eva said. I right agree with that. He's really good at bullshitting term papers and got lost thinking that meant he was smart. <laughs> yes, because he's just like, dude, we're almost halfway through this video about Frozen, and he talked about Frozen for like three seconds at the beginning, and then was like. So the dominance hierarchy is an ever-evolving thing, like how our, our cells and our body replace themselves and make us new humans. I'm like, dude, get back to Frozen. Dude. He, he's so boring. I just, I mean, it's like the point, the point he's making right here isn't wrong, wrong. It's just, doesn't making, it's not making a point. It's just a random right point. Well, that, that like a hurricane is a dissipative structure, so that you know that's a reasonable analogy. And the spirit is often likened to the wind. So, so, any other questions? Sounds like me trying to write an essay. Yeah. Oh, it's an appalling ideology because the people who created it had the idea about what it should be before they made it. Is, is this talking about Frozen? I hope he's talking about Frozen. I didn't hear the question, but let's see. Do the comments... Best Coca-Cola ad I've seen in a while. I'll give that comment an upvote. <laughs> so it's propaganda. Oh, this you is You can frozen. say exactly what Frozen is about. So it's propaganda. What? A truly mythologically based story. You can never fully say what it's about. What is tell the what what is the tell us what Frozen's about, dude? What is it? It's like you can say what it's about, so it's propaganda. If it were mythology, you couldn't say what it's about. Yet he doesn't seem to say. I hope he says what Frozen's about. Keep it sexy. He made his he made his topic statement, but then he did not give an explanation, an example, or why it's important. S E X I statement explanation example. It's a wellspring of meaning. So, oh, sure they are. Of course, that's what they're doing. Oh, yeah, it's calculated marketing. Yeah, yeah, sure. It was hyper politically correct. How? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they didn't need men. And you know, God, give me a break. You know. So wait, just is it because you need men doesn't mean you have to like them. Not everyone. Whoa! Knows this took a weird spin. Just because you need men doesn't mean you have to like them. Is it's, this? Is you don't this need men for everything? Just like men don't need women for everything. Yeah, and also like again, who's gonna tell Jordan Peterson about lesbians, dude? Like, he's like, uh, lesbians need men too. Like for what? They actually don't. In in this magical world where she literally has the power to freeze shit. She really needed these normies. So he's saying it's politically correct because she like I I I, I get that maybe Disney used that angle as a marketing campaign because Disney is a nasty corporation. I don't trust them in any way. But I don't understand how like if if a movie doesn't have the female lead have a male love interest, automatically the movie is propaganda. 
Like, what if there's just no like the 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 movie like like Frozen didn't it just like there Elsa having a love interest wouldn't wouldn't have been relevant to the story. So like they would have had to force it in just just like ah I don't get it I don't get it. The so, thing is, if he wants to shit on Disney, we could have agreed on this. Oh, if you dude, wanted, Disney if, sucks. If you wanted to shit on Disney, like doing politically correct shit, we could have agreed on oh, it. If, absolutely. If you wanted to talk about Disney putting in an irrelevant lesbian sex, uh, yeah, sex, sex <laughs> kiss, lesbian kiss scene at the end of the last Star Wars movie. Yeah for two seconds that they were able to cut out for China so that they can yes. capitalize on the U.S. market and not offend the Chinese market. We could have agreed on that. Disney but no. does that everywhere. Every other movie, Disney's <laughs> like, this movie's going to have our first gay character. They've had like 12 first gay characters and they're always in a background scene that you can cut out when you sell the movie to China. Yeah. And or it's onward. Like where she could have just changed the because the, there was no other lesbian. Like in Onward, it was the police officer. She's like, my girlfriend and I fight uh, got in a fight once too. It's like, oh, so you just moved with the Chinese like when, when, when they're dubbing it, they could just say my boyfriend and now that's completely out of the movie. Like, <laughs> Or like in the Beauty and the Beast live action one where they had LeFou dancing with a guy at the end and that offended the, like certain countries so much that they had to cut that out. So from then on, like Disney, yeah, dude, Disney's politically correct shit for you know, trying to capitalize on people wanting diversity but doing it in a way that they can cut out to make the most profit. Like Disney's gross. I hate them. But this is not an example of that. Like, dude, we could have had so many talks about this, Mr. Peterson. But we could have like, agreed. We could have taken down Disney together. We could have taken down Disney together, but instead he's mad that Elsa doesn't get a love interest. Honestly, probably because he thinks Elsa is hot. And he's like, God damn it. We've all been there. We've all had a crush on cartoons. <laughs> oh, absolutely. We all have and I've thought a lot about the difference between propaganda and art. So, art's actually a process rather than an end product. Sure. And with any luck, if you have a piece of art, the process is embedded in the byproduct. Yes. And so it reflects the process when you bring it into your house. Great. And so it's an active, it's a, it's a crystallized act of exploration. Sure. And the real artist doesn't know what they're doing. What? They don't know what they're doing. They're exploring. I can I can recommend a film. There's a film made of Picasso in about 1957. And Wait, so is he saying something is only like? Does he not know what editing is, or like what? I mean, I think I see his point ish. I I don't I don't think he made a point. He didn't like what he was saying <laughs> is true. Where he's like, art is a process rather than an end product. I will agree with that. But then when you do put a product out there it's generally like cleaned up or like if it's a movie, it's been edited. If it's a book, it's been edited, like things like that. Um, but while you're creating it or while you're coming up with the initial idea, that's more of an exploration process, but there's different steps to it. I don't, yeah. Like I agree. And no, I, I can't say I agree because he didn't make this point. Maybe this is the brilliance of Jordan Peterson. He puts out enough for you to like interpret your own meetings of his, this is art. He, he is art. He, he is living art because you mm -hmm. interpret him how you see the world. Uh, Spence, he's a professor of psychology because he has, uh, I think he's a PhD in clinical psychology. He is. His, and he's been a practice therapist, psychologist. A, yeah, he's a, he's a psychologist that people make appointments with. And then he talks about them in his books. Yeah. Not by name. Yeah. But oh, still I, I, I don't think he 
breaks any rules. But. Yeah, he doesn't break any rules, but he's still like, all the women I ever talked to, they uh, they were reliant on their fathers, and then they go and marry an- another dominant man immediately. I'm like, I, I, all right, I don't know what kind of women you're spending time with, but okay. And it, it was a black and white film, and it Canadians. was actually a film of him making a painting. And he painted it on glass so you could see what he was doing. It's really quite fascinating because you can see that he's playing. He sketches it in and then he rubs it out. So then he sketches it in again and he rubs it out and he sketches That's over cool, here. That's cool, but like, why is that There's a real dynamism back? about it. He doesn't plan it out to begin with. Not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that as an artistic endeavor too. But Picasso was trying to explore and understand. And, you know, I don't know what you know about cubism, but cubism, it's a strange thing. See, this thing, is the thing. He's he just like, listen to how much I know real quick, guys. trying to show you that you only see things from one perspective but that things exist in multiple perspectives. So, you know, a cubist painting is your face this way and your face this way at the same time. And so you could say, well, is that a more accurate way of of representing a person than just the standard portrait? And Picasso would say, well, in some ways, definitely, because it captures the transformative element rather than the static element. And so someone who's a true artist doesn't have a political message. That's That's funny because my house is full of ideological propaganda from the Soviet Union. It's just packed full Wait of Wait a second. Did this and guy just say art can't be political? He literally just said that. He's like, a true <laughs> artist doesn't have a message. They're just fucking around. Like that. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> true artists just want to mess around and draw shapes and shit. Like, once you put a message into it, it's not art anymore. It's like, dude. Yeah. Picasso no. never made a political piece. Never. 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 Well, oh my god. What was this anything on like fascism to do? Like he had a few of those. <laughs> so his point is that the movie Frozen is not art because it has a political message, which it I, I don't think it does. Like I give Disney a lot of shit, but I've when I watched Frozen, I did not gather any political message from that. But okay, if I can summarize what I think Jordan Peterson's argument is here, it's that in the movie Frozen, because it wasn't relevant to the plot to give Elsa, a male love interest. That one is automatically. I'm sorry. One Google search result: "Massacre in Korea" by Pablo Picasso. This is so not political. There you go, guys. Picasso's not a real artist, according. Not a real artist, according to yeah, dude. Spence is an art history nerd, and her brain is exploding over here. So yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yes, art doesn't have to be political, but it can be. Art can be a lot of different things. I don't like how Jordan Peterson's gatekeeping art over here. He's like, this is this is not art. This is art. This is not art. This is not real art. This is fake art. God. Like I agree. It's so so interesting to no, watch wait, wait. these artifacts. Because I'll, I'll I'll point. I agree that art that is incredibly surface level and in your face and does not offer any other meaning than one definition of what is good or what is right and what is wrong, or what offers no other meaning than one specific message, can be boring at times. Yeah. I can agree with that. But, oh, God, to, to, to take that idea and just to apply it to all art, oof. Yeah, it's like, it's also, it's like he's trying to define what counts as art and what doesn't. And it's like, you're not the art police, dude. Like, art that sucks is still art. Art that's annoying is still art. Art that someone paid you to do to advertise for their company, that's still art. Like, art, art is such a broad category. 
the building that you're currently in is pro is art by that like I mean, especially yeah. in chicago with the likes of louis yeah. sullivan and frank lloyd wright the oh buildings God, that you're yeah. in are art like geez. absolutely <laughs> Yeah, dude, Jordan Peterson wants to be the art police over here. I, I just pulled a Jordan Peterson. I just, just spouted random information that I knew just to prove how much I knew. That's cool. No, I'm glad. Like, Chicago does have really interesting architecture and really interesting history behind that. So I'm glad you appreciate it. Well, Louis Sullivan built one of the world's first skyscrapers in Buffalo. It's the Guarantee Building. And uh, Frank Lloyd Wright moved to Buffalo after stealing clients from Louis Sullivan in Chicago. Uh, and he was sort of like, ostracized from the community there so he had to go to the only place that would hire him and he found a wealthy patron in buffalo that was willing to pay for all of his designs and so he has all of these beautiful designs all over buffalo um we also but buffalo has some cool architecture too so i always felt an affinity to chicago when i was living there uh the guy who designed i'm totally blanking on his name the japanese architect who designed the world trade center he actually designed the mt building in buffalo oh cool dude you got to come to chicago at some point yeah i'd love to do an architecture tour with you yeah, we'll do an architecture tour, and hopefully the Dave Matthews Band tour bus won't. Don't won't shit on us. <laughs> to be fair, that was that was like 16 years ago, guys. That it wasn't it wasn't the whole band; it was just one dude. <laughs> to be fair, the trauma of the people who got shit dumped on them might have dissipated <laughs> by now, maybe. <laughs> but no, no, I've done an architecture boat tour before. It's really fun. We should we'll do one when you whenever you come to Chicago, we'll do one, and then we'll go rent a private jet and take business guru photos. Oh. Yes. And then we'll get tattoos. It'll be great. Kasha. We'll get Kasha, yeah. That'll be that'll be our uh, our however many days you're here together. One for every letter in Kasha. So K Asia. Let's go. A lot of them were they're socialist realist, although mostly they're impressionist, really. It's so interesting to watch them because in the painting themselves, there's a war that you can perceive, and the war is. A lot of the people who made these paintings were incredibly talented, really, really skilled, because the Russians kept their, their formal academies open. So the Russians can really paint Impressionism. It's remarkable. But their talents were encapsulated within this but mostly Stalinist ideology. And so in each canvas, there's this war between the ideological message and the artistic message. And what's so cool is the farther we get away from the Soviet Union, the more the art wins. Because in 300 years, there isn't going to be a shred left of that. So he's saying it is art. And all that will be left of the painting. You just is said the it art. wasn't art. So he now doesn't know what Part of the making. reason that people are so attracted to art. He's just going off on a tangent now, dude. It actually manifests identity with the process of transformation. And so that's why the artist. Art is political when it's anti Soviet Union. That's why worth his salt wants to be an artist. Like, who are you? Are, what are you going to say? I'm a nihilist? No, I'm an artist. It's like, no, you're not. But I can see why you want to be. Right. Yeah, I think his yeah, lectures just, just talk about whatever he wants, dude. He just goes No off. wonder he's popular. Everyone gets an A. Well, I think it depends on who you are. Like, it's really interesting to me, but I'm really interested in that. You know, and I'm also know, interested in the way that ideologies co-opt more fundamental processes I hit refresh. to oh, good. and harness their energy as a as a rational and motivating force and so for me these dude he has still not explained why he doesn't like frozen i found his rate my professor yeah oh wait, <laughs> yeah. Hold up. wait dude, he's, he's popular he's a popular professor i can see why he probably doesn't grade that hard 
Oh my god, Dif look at this person. Difficulty two, difficulty one, attendance not mandatory, got an A+. Plus. Difficulty three, attendance not mandatory, would take again, yes. Mandatory, uh, attendance mandatory here. So he changes his mind, I guess. I don't fucking know. Or it's different classes. Here, wait, I'll show okay. the screen. Let's see if this is even real, this comment. I had to watch Frozen in college and critique it with several applied critical theories. We were told to watch some films through a Marxist lens, some through an LGBT lens. And for Frozen, we were required to critique it with feminist theory. I pointed out some of the horrible messages found in the film and every single feminist in the room, professor included, fought against me tooth and nail. First, I noted that Anna specifically and repeatedly blames herself for the times that her sister Elsa lashed out with violence. The femmes lost their minds even when I... I pointed out that in the ballroom scene, Anna tells Elsa, I can't live like this anymore. To this, Elsa replies, I said enough, and hurls ice daggers at her sister. The ice daggers overflow the dance floor, forcing the attendees to recoil from the danger. The feminist defended Elsa by saying she didn't mean it, and it was an accident. She can't control it. She was angry. Oh, after several arguments defending Elsa, I asked for a show of hands. How many are willing to argue that when a woman says I can't live like this anymore, the appropriate response is to yell, I said enough and proceed to throw something dangerous at her. The topic was suddenly and quite conveniently changed. So I mentioned Elsa's lack of accountability for her actions, pointing out that she nearly kills her sister about every 20 minutes throughout the movie and half the incidents come from Elsa failing to control her own anger. Yet Elsa never once apologizes to his, her sister. Dude, this is so... This is... This is so much, dude. Dude, it's a movie. Good lord. I like this comment. Best Coca-Cola ad I've seen in a while. I like this comment, too. My mom overheard me listening to Jordan and thought it was Kermit the Frog. Dude, he does sound like Kermit the Frog. And that's nothing against him. No one can control their voice, but he definitely has a Kermit voice. And there's nothing wrong with that. I like Kermit. He's cool. Ben says Elsa's response to I can't live like this anymore isn't the enough part. It's the then leave. Yeah. I don't even, I, I saw Frozen a couple of years ago, but it seems like this person, like, I don't, like, this person's allowed to critique Frozen however they want to, but at the same time, it seems like, like, I can see how they'd want, like, it's fair for them to criticize Elsa if they want to. That's, again, it's their own paper and their own argument. But the whole thing, this whole, the way they tell the story just makes me feel like it's like a biased retelling. Like, and then everyone in the room lost their minds and then everyone stood up and clapped for me. It, it sounds like a R slash that happened kind of thing. So I actually did catch a little bit of what you were saying there at the end. I do agree with the end of it. Total biased retelling. We do not actually know how it went down. Uh, we do tend to paint ourselves as the heroes in our stories. So there is a good chance that he got like no response or like one person coughed and he took it as a laugh. Um, the other, sorry, y'all, I was really sweating into that hoodie. Um, the, the other thing is I'm going to give that comment a little bit of credit. He gave more examples than Jordan Peterson. Yes, dude, that comment was more informative. That comment gave more examples of why someone doesn't like Frozen than Jordan Peterson's entire nine-minute lecture on why he doesn't like Frozen, which is him mentioning the movie Frozen twice, 
vaguely saying it's propaganda, never explaining what that means, and then talking about <laughs> why um, the Soviet Union, sucks. the Soviet Union, and funnels of water and Schrodinger and um, Picasso, and he's just like, but he never connects it. Like it's clear that the guy has a lot of knowledge in his head, but he's bad at conveying it to people. And then, oh man. Let me tell you why I hate self-help gurus. You see, Mao came to power in China, and that's it. That's 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 the story. Right. That's basically <laughs> what he's doing. Yeah. So let's see what this person said. I may not. You can say exactly. I think this person's saying what we said. You can say exactly what Frozen is about. So it's propaganda. He says, I may not be understanding him here, but it seems to me that Peterson is asserting that anything with a strong central message, regardless of the context of the message is propaganda. I have always been under the impression that propaganda has a negative connotation and his use of it indicates that he believes the values portrayed in the film are harmful, harmful or bad or extreme. As far as I can tell, the message of the film is that familial love is just as important and powerful as romantic love. Whether or not the film communicates this message effectively is immaterial. He also says that a true artist has no political agenda incites Picasso's Cubist portraits. Picasso also made Guernica an overtly political commentary on the destruction of World War II. Is that piece less artistically valid because it's politically motivated? I just don't understand his logic here. Thank God for this person. Let's who... take a look at the replies. Oh, the replies are agreeing with him. He has no logic here. <laughs> you look like a total cliche. Oh, so, so the- uh, They're is just that a... attacking his profile picture, I guess. I, I, so yeah, I, I guess he made a good point and they went total Peterson with their complete logic attacking of his appearance. Yes. Dude, right here, I'm, I have two books I'm writing right here. I have more on like in, on my in my iPad. Every single book says, and, and not just that, not, not just every single book, every single great author that you'll read about, even Pr uh, Proust, I can never pronounce his name, the French guy said, yeah. said what's the point of reading something without a message like what's the point of reading something that exists solely for the sake of existing i guess that's true i mean unless it's just funny i mean being funny could be a message or it could just be like look this dog farted there's no message there but it's still funny yeah that's fair but <laughs> i guess I'm not, I'm not trying to say that art needs to have a message i'm just also trying to say it shouldn't be penalized for having one. Oh, i totally agree that's why i'm saying art is a very broad category i just think it's weird that he's trying to be like this is art this is not art i am the art authority i am the president of art like it's really weird that he's like just being like that i'd also argue that uh something humorous and funny is a purpose. I mean, try, trying to make other people laugh is a purpose. Oh, sure, a purpose. I think everything has a purpose, yeah. but I don't think everything necessarily right. has a message. Yeah, but okay, I guess I guess maybe a better way of, of, of amending my previous point is saying that if you're creating something with the intention of other people giving you their time, they need to get something out of it. There needs to be value added. And I think a theme is a great way to do that, but something as simple as just improving someone's day is not the worst thing in the world either. No, I would totally agree, absolutely. Um, awesome. So what are we going to do tomorrow? Well, we can talk more about his book. We can watch more of his videos. This will be a good, this is a good week. This is a good week, guys. We can deconstruct the, uh, well, did you, did you read more of his book? I'm about to go. Yeah, I've read, I mean, I read a little more. I'm going to go walk Chewy in a minute and listen to a bunch of it. So what rule are you on now? Cause I I'm think, still, I think I'm still in the second one. He's so you're treating yourself. Like, yeah, uh, he takes forever someone. to go through each rule, like forever. 
So I think the last thing we can talk about before wrapping this up then is just rule two, because we yeah. talked about posture yesterday. Uh, yeah. So because we got to speed up going through the rules if we want to get through all twelve by the end of the week. Um, that's true, yourself. but we could also do more of them on Friday. <laughs> that's so yeah. That's that's true. Yeah, we, we'll we'll probably just fly through the whole book on Friday because by then you'll have finished it. But do you have any other points on rule two? Because again, the rule in and of itself is not wrong. Um, it's just yeah, it's not he, wrong. And he he gave one example that we both agreed with, which is. We, your pets for will some, love you if you take your medication. Well, we treat, uh, so, so, I mean, I like the fact that he sort of subverted the expectations of that rule. Because sometimes when you read something of treat others the way you, you or treat yourself the way you treat others, sometimes that's that's said as treat others the way you want to be treated, as in like you, you should, um, as in the expectation is uh, don't be a dick to others because um, then they won't be a dick to you. Where this is more making it personal and saying um, along the lines of you got to take care of yourself. More often than not, you almost act selflessly with those that you care about. You're going yeah. to treat them better than you treat yourself. You're going to respect their time more than you respect your own. You're going to respect the example he gave with his pet, something that's truly independent. You're going to make sure it takes its medication. But then his example is some people who get like organs, organ transplants, will not respect the organ transplant medication um, and, and will not respect themselves enough to like stay on schedule with that. So I think that's a, yeah. I, I think that's a fine analogy, a good example for a good rule. Uh, I don't know what the value added is because it's it, like, maybe if you've never heard of treat yourself better, you deserve it than, than it's value added, but it's not, it's not like it's anything new or profound. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I'm excited to see where he goes with this next because I'm ready to hear him get extra weird with it. Like the lobster thing was really weird. Um, right now he's been kind of boring, but that's just kind of, he has two modes. It's like weird and boring. Yeah. So we'll see, we'll see where he goes next. And maybe tomorrow we can go more into Canada's Bill C-16 to talk about how Jordan Peterson is purposely misinterpreting it for the sake of getting attention on the internet. My favorite thing about him is we can finally shit on Canada. I mean, you, you, U.S. takes a lot of shit. And Canada, and Canada has this great reputation of being the most polite fuckers on the planet who just apologize for everything and hold the door for it. And they're so proud of it. I know some asshole Canadians. I'm ready for some asshole Canadians to get the spotlight because they have been rewarded by the world of being these kind, gentle spirits that hold the door open for everyone and say thank you and apologize for, like, you know, you, you, like you punch them in the face and they apologize for hurting your fist. Nope, I'm ready for the asshole Canadians to get their time. Let's do it. Yes, asshole Canadians. <laughs> I'm ready for the South Park blame Canada Canadians. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. We will be back here tomorrow at 8 a.m. Central, 9 Eastern again uh, to talk more about Jordan Peterson and delve more into his weird life. See you then. In the meantime support small businesses and have a great day and vote for forever home friends in the FedEx small business grant contest. Listen everyone. to the tragically hip. That's a great Canadian band. Yes. I don't know them, but I trust. Oh, them. you